Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky, a guy many are projecting to be a top five pick, is now potentially sliding draft boards. Is he going to be there at eight for the Pelicans and should they take him if he is? Let's take a look at the enigma from Kentucky in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, continuing to look at draft prospects the Pelicans could take at eight. And I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting to talk about Shaden Sharp today out of kind of Kentucky because I thought he was going to be a lock to be a top five pick. But now maybe, maybe not the case. And does that open the door for New Orleans? And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast Monday through Friday. No paywall or anything like that. Breaking down the biggest stories around this team, the draft prospects you want to know about, covering all the topics that you want to hear. And today, of course, we are going to be previewing Shaden Sharp. So let's kind of get into it, right? This is one of the most interesting guys in the draft. The physical tools for him are basically out of control. Measured a little bit under 6'6 at the NBA Combine, nearly a 7-foot wingspan, and an almost 50-inch vertical. All of the numbers and all of the athleticism, all of the physical tools, make your eyes just pop right out of your head and your jaw drop to the floor. They're all there. And this is the guy who is the former number one prospect in the 2022 high school class, college class. So how did he fare at Kentucky, right? What did his season look like? Well, that's the interesting thing. He didn't play. He did not play at all for Kentucky whatsoever. Instead, to really just focus on preparing for the NBA draft. He was around the team, but just decided not to play in any games. It's not ideal, right? You'd like to have some film of him in big games and big college moments, getting that SEC action and everything, but we don't have that. And that's a little confusing in a sense. You know, is he hiding something? Is there something they're worried about? Does he just not care? You know, does he not have that love of the game like so many of these other guys do that kind of everyone wants in the players that they draft? And I think this is starting to send red flags up to people, right? You know, he didn't really do any workouts at the combine. He measured, measured well. And then he also had a very controlled pro day where admittedly he looked very good. But does that tell you much? Does that tell you anything at all when they're kind of going through a scripted routine with no real defense being applied to them? And I think some scouts, it sounds like they're starting to be skeptical. Raphael Barlow of Locked On NBA Big Board, right? Who's taken over for Chad Ford has a couple of scouts talking about him that seem really concerned. He's got three anonymous scouts. One says, quote, I'm not a big fan of pro days, but you have to watch and see guys like Sharp. You can see he has all the tools, great body, he's athletic and can shoot it, but he hasn't played and that scares me. Another anonymous scout, I wouldn't take him in the top 10. It's too small of a sample size. Someone's going to get burned. 
the third scout. He barely practiced at Kentucky, didn't want to play in games, and didn't want to play at the Combine. Who's advising him? He can't hide forever. Does he want to even play in Summer League? End quote. And he said that one is frustration more at Sharp's advisors, his camp, than him as a player himself. But that does concern me a little bit. Again, all of the physical tools that you want out of a guy are there. He has the makings of potentially being a guy like Paul George um, out there on the court. When you watch him, he moves very under control, not overly fast, but kind of in command of everything, really at his own pace. And he's athletic. He's got good, good enough ball handling. He's an excellent shooter. That shot is as clean as you can see it, right? And he should be a good defender. We haven't seen him play basically in a year and a half. What does that say, right? Why wouldn't he go against guys that he is supposed to be better than at those combine scrimmages? And admittedly, look, none of the top prospects played in those scrimmages or anything like that. So this is kind of standard operating procedure right now for many of these kind of players, these level of players. But he's more of an unknown than anyone else is, than Chet Holmgren is, than Paolo Bancaro is, because we saw those guys play in college. We know what they're capable of. While the tools are here for Sharp, it's still a big unknown. And is that something that worries you? So today's question down below. If Shaden Sharp is there at eight, do the Pelicans basically have to draft him? Do they have to draft him purely just based on his upside and the value that you would get of what could be maybe the best player in this draft. If he had played in college, he easily could have been number one if he was good. That's how good the physical tools are for him. That's how good he should be as a shooter. But does the lack of not doing playing kind of worry you? And does the lack of maybe concerns about his camp, his advisors worry about worry you? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. I love brownies, but you know what? I love even more brownie batter. This stuff is delicious, right? But I'm trying to be healthy. You're probably trying to be healthy. You can't go eating a whole like tub of brownie batter and things like that. But imagine if you could and it was good for you and had protein in it. Well, you're in luck because Built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff protein bar takes it to a whole new level and they're available right now over at Built.com. Have you tried the puffs yet? You've heard me talk about them a lot. I actually had the birthday cake puff today. I'm not really sure what you're waiting for at this point. They're light, they're airy, they're protein infused marshmallow that are absolutely delicious and covered in 100% real chocolate. And with 100 40 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any time of day. Again, covered in 100% real chocolate, and that means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Plus, they're made with collagen protein, with which, you're absorb, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So, brownie batter puffs are going to have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. It's real life. You don't need to pinch yourself here. So, go to Built.com to get the brownie batter puffs now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. We're covering the draft prospects you want to hear about, covering the stories around the combine. Guys who did well, Dyson Daniels in yesterday's show. Guys who maybe are going to fall a little bit, and it opens the door for the Pelicans to draft them with Shaden Sharp not working out and what's going on there, right? And now for your next listen, go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast with host Raphael Barlow. It's going to give you an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's continue talking about Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky. I say it as a question mark, right? Like he didn't play. The scout said he barely practiced there. I don't know if it's really like safe to say like, oh yeah, it's a Kentucky guy, even though he was around the team, was going through things, working out. But this is a guy that has some question marks, again, because he hasn't played. I can't read you his college statistics because they don't exist. And so how worried are you about that? How worried are you that he didn't work out and just you haven't seen much from him yet? Look, I think he's a top five talent in the draft. But there's a history of these type of players, this kind of approach, this kind of attitude, whether it's the player or the camp and the people around him advising him in some role that gives me pause is he listening to people that he should be listening to are his advisors actually giving him the right kind of advice and if they're not does that have potential to derail his career we're we're dealing with this to a certain degree we dealt with it all season right until the very end with zion williamson and his camp and what advice are they giving him and how are they handling things And that's not a fun position to be in. That was awful having to kind of deal with it. You as a Pelicans fan listening today hated that. Is that going to be kind of 2.0 here with Shaden Sharp? Maybe this is unfair to kind of bring up around him to a certain degree. But look, it's a question mark. And maybe other teams aren't asking this. Other organizations aren't asking this. Other fan bases aren't asking this. But given what has happened in New Orleans... I think it's still a little bit of an open question of, do you trust this sort of thing, right? But the talent's there. The talent is there. He's going to be a good scorer, a good player, if he reaches his full potential. And the Pelicans can help him reach his full potential. But does he want to reach his full potential? I think with this, it's an open question of, does he love the game, right? And I don't think players need to like eat, breathe, and breathe basketball and hoops, right? It's okay if they want to treat it as a job. Like, I actually really believe that that is not a big deal if these players want to kind of treat it as a job. I don't have a problem with that. This is how they make their money. They're good at it, so they go and do it. That's a lot of people at their job, right? You don't always love what you do, but it pays well, so you do it to make ends meet and go do other things. But... You know, to start off his career with these sort of question marks, that is an active worry for me when it comes to a player like that. And again, maybe this is more of a New Orleans concern than a league-wide concern, but we've seen it enough that we got to talk about it and consider it at least into everything. And look, when you look at, you know, the, the high school numbers, not really the high school numbers, basically his AAU numbers, those sorts of things, right? They're good. 22.6 points, 5.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 55.6% on twos, 36.1% from three. Those are good numbers. Those are very good numbers, and he's only got room to improve, right? He's young. He's 19. 19. He's going to have tons of potential that he hasn't even grown into yet. 
it's one of those situations where maybe he's still growing to a certain degree even, right? And the measurables are already off the charts. But does that matter if he's just not going to practice hard, if he's not going to be around the team in the offseason, if he's going to go off and do his own thing, like we saw with Zion last year? Is he going to listen to the medical advice of the team if he gets hurt? Or is he just going to do his own thing and be like, eh, whatever, because you're already starting to see that backfire a little bit. And this is potentially why he's going to be sliding down. And is that a big concern for you? Yes or no in the comments below. Again, Y for yes, N for no, or write yes, no, whatever it wants. More comments on the shows are only a good thing. So I appreciate everyone who's been taking a second the past couple of days to really comment on there. I'm curious to see what you think about Shaden Sharp because, again, big unknown. I have no idea, no idea how this is going to play out with him. I think he's a top five talent, but does that mean the Pelicans draft him or not? I'll give you my answer to that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights. You can also even get in on the next season's NFL futures, and I feel good about the Saints. Potentially, if they add Odell Beckham Jr., maybe mid-season, a big boost to the wide receiver core again. I heard Ross Jackson on the Jordy Collada show the other day calling it overkill, but in the best kind of way. I agree. So betonline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, whether it's live betting to the playoffs. They have esports on there and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're breaking down the top top prospects you want to hear about. We'll get into Benedict Matherin tomorrow, even though I've kind of already done a show on him, but I know that's a guy that everyone loves. Next week, we'll also get into Jeremy Sohan. I want to get into AJ Griffin as well. Some of these really interesting guys around there. Of course, there will be a period where we talk about second round picks as well. Maybe some late round, uh, late first round guys that the Pelicans want to get back into the first round they could look at. And of course, we will be talking about free agency as well. DeAndre Ayton? Probably not. Mo Bamba? Maybe more likely, but also we'll see. And a couple other guys that could make a difference for the Pelicans in free agency as we get closer to that as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun here on Locked on Pelicans the next month or so. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a five-star review with a comment. You can do that on Spotify now. That's a brand new feature. And of course, tell a friend about the show and leave a comment down below on YouTube. Y or N for Shaden Sharp and if you're worried about him or not. So we are talking about Shaden Sharp kind of out of Kentucky um, for the for the Pelicans at the eight spot. If he's sliding and he's there at eight, the Pelicans are going to be in a really interesting spot. When you look at kind of how they drafted last year with Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, they went for dudes that work, right? That just have had productive college careers that you knew were going to be solid NBA pros. I don't know if they full on if they went full on upside necessarily, right? You know, there were limits to Herb's athleticism. There's limits to Trey's athleticism, I think to a certain degree, but they had productive college careers. That you knew, you know, Trey could shoot and could, you know, defend and rebound. You knew Herb Jones could rebound. But maybe, you know, especially in Herb's case, not like the highest ceiling. And then he kind of blew that out of the water to a certain degree. You know, in the Zion draft, they kind of went for, you know, the phrase ridiculous upside, right? With Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 17 and Jackson Hayes at 8. And those haven't panned out the way that they want. So is it better just to get solid players on this team? And if that's the case... 
I don't know if they're looking at Shaden Sharp. You can't say he had a productive college career because he didn't. He hasn't really proven anything. All there is is tons of athleticism and a really good jumper. And maybe that means they shy away from it and shy away from him because it doesn't quite fit some of the mold that maybe they're looking for. And if they're worried about the stuff with the camp and the stuff from Zion burning them in the past, potentially, like you see why. But here's the thing that the, the upside and the talent is undeniable to me. His footwork looks good. He's a strong ball handler and his jumper is just insane. And he can do it off of any kind of move. Turnaround fadeaways. No problem. Catch and shoot. No problem. Right. He is really good, whether it's, you know, uh, off a handoff or things like that. Right. He is very good. The form is there as he continues to do that and get more and more shots up. I think he's going to become a ridiculously good shooter in the league. That jumper looks so good from when I've seen him, right? You know, he's good on the offensive glass. He cuts, he moves off ball more, and he's happy just to kind of do those sorts of things too. And he's willing to pass the ball as well. Not an elite guy at the pick and roll that Dyson Daniels is, but he's good enough. And when you have Zion, when you have Brandon Ingram, when you have CJ McCollum, do you need a true primary ball handler? I'm not sure that they do. So you look at him, and everything kind of fits what New Orleans needs. And if you think that the rookie they drafted eight isn't going to play a whole lot, well then, go for the most upside possible and have him play in the G League for the most part this year. He might not like it, but too bad, right? And even if he's upset, even if he has problems with his handlers, with his camp, with his advisors, he's on a rookie scale deal and there's zero leverage for him. So it puts the Pelicans in a position of strength, I think, to deal with a situation like that. So that if he does start to give you problems for whatever reasons, there's nothing to indicate that he will. Well, you can probably handle it. And I like that sort of situation for this team. High upside guy that could potentially be the top player from this draft if everything goes right for him. Develop him somewhat slowly, but not the slowest. And bring him along and you might have a steal, a guy that can be an elite scorer and your go-to guy when it's time to kind of phase C.J. McCollum out in three years or so. I really like that situation. You want that sustainable success. A guy like him, if he's there at eight, I think you have to take. You'll be fielding tons of calls, I'm sure, for that pick at that point. So maybe it makes it even easier to trade that pick and get a ton more assets. But I think you just draft Shane Sharp, call it a day, and you are thrilled that this guy fell to you. A guy that could have gone four, five, and you're getting him at eight and getting that kind of value, absolutely that's the move. So if he is there at eight, I don't really care who else is on the board. I'm drafting him, and I'm calling it a day, and I'm giving myself an A grade for the Pelicans if that were the case. Let me know, though. If he's there at eight and Matherin's available, right? A.J. Griffin's available. Any of the guys. Sohan's available. Are you drafting Shaden Sharp over all of them? I would. Do you agree? Yes or no in the comments down below on YouTube. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. We'll look at Benedict Matherin tomorrow as we continue that. Should have a guest for Friday. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun, kind of talking all things NBA draft, giving a different perspective there. Then we'll go back to some of the player profiles later in next week as well. And a couple other things I want to look at mock drafts and stuff like that. So I appreciate you all listening today. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.